Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 38, The AMC Gamble. So I want to start this podcast again um, with another sincere thank you um, to a Twitter follower that um, gave us a shout out on Twitter. And uh, it's Luther Heggs. And Luther's hashtag, or I'm sorry, his uh, Twitter handle is at Luther Heggs4. That's uh, at L U T H E R. H-E-G-G-S, and then the number four. So Luther Heggs, four. And uh, let me read Luther's tweet. So Luther wrote, After listening to the podcast, it is your destiny, Russell, that you, as a writer, and your passion for film, has led you to AMC for prosperity. Most don't ever grab hold of fate. You have. So thank you. That um, I, I hope it that that hasn't been lost on me, Luther. That I tried to have a career as a, uh, a film writer, <laughs> producer, director, and it never worked out. And you know, I left. I gave up on Hollywood and moved to Oregon with my family. And the idea that I might have a second chance at prosperity, and it's with AMC stock. You know, I I, I got to admit, I love that, that, you know, I was telling my wife, I could say, hey, the, you know, the movies finally made me rich, right? The movie industry finally made me some money. Um, and not just any movie-related stock, AMC, you know, you're spot on on that, Luther. I lived in Burbank, California, and I would always go to the Burbank AMC theater. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I actually have a framed, um, they, we, when I first started going to the movies, and you've heard me tell this story on the podcast before, so forgive me for telling it again, but when I first started going to the movies in Burbank, when I moved there, it was at the AMC, I believe it was the, might have been the 10 or the 12, but it, it they added two big mega theaters, and it became like the 14 or whatever it was, the 12, and, um, and then after a few years, that wasn't even enough. They built a big, huge AMC 20 complex right across the street from it. I believe this was 2003, 2004. Um, and I I went, and, and, and it was funny. I remember thinking, like, all right, I'm, I know this new movie theater is going to be awesome, but I'm really going to miss this old movie theater. And it's kind of like when they tear a sports stadium down. That yes, the new arena is going to have all the new stuff and all the bells and whistles. But you know, you as a sports fan, you remember going to the old stadium, and that's what I felt like. That all right, I'm looking forward to this new complex, but I'm going to miss this old complex and all the movies that I saw there. So that night, I made sure to get a ticket for one of the last shows at the old AMC in Burbank. And it was going to end up being Finding Nemo. I thought that was a great way to go out. You know, here's this beautiful digital film, digital animation, 
And I thought that was a beautiful way to, um, to to close out the AMC, at least for me. So I went and I saw the film, and, and after it was, I was getting out, I looked across the street, and the AMC was having preview screenings of the Hulk. This is before Marvel had made the transition, the Iron Man tra- transition, uh, courtesy of John Favreau. Um, and this it wasn't it wasn't the very good Hulk that came out. Anyway, so I got to, so I, I got tickets for that, and I went to see it. So in that night, I saw one of the last movies at the old AMC, and I saw one of the first movies at the new AMC. And anyway, I saved my ticket stubs from that, and I had my old AMC movie watcher card, and there was an article in one of the you know um, Burbank magazines about the AMC opening. Anyway, I framed all of that, right? How many companies do you have something framed of? Not many, you know, for me. I know my dad has uh, some stuff from In-N-Out I think he framed. But it's very rare, you know, the, the contemporary company that you you patronize that you would have something framed of theirs. And I had something framed from AMC. So the fact that if it is AMC and the, the squeeze does happen and we're able to sell for some crazy level, and exit my position and and been blessed to you know have some life-changing money and it's amc that would be pretty crazy again we talked about you know like signs from god you know what you know the irony that it's this like gamestop hey if i could have made money doing gamestop that's great i'm not a gamer i stopped playing games you know, around the Atari 2600, the old days. Trust me, the old days. Those were my games. Um, I didn't even really make my younger brother, you know, he was a, he got into Nintendo and, and um, the other platforms. But me, that was it. Once once the 2600 went out of favor, that was it as far as me, me and my home gaming. I still enjoyed playing video games at the arcade, but mostly it was the old 80s arcade, 80s games that I liked playing. And then occasionally there would be a newer game that I'd like. But anyway, but, game, but GameStop wasn't my company. Or any other stock really wouldn't have been me. You know, it, it really was AMC. The fact that AMC is the one that, you know, came through. That, that is pretty crazy. Um, so anyway, so Luther, thank you so much for your tweet. Seriously, if you guys want to tweet about the podcast, I'll definitely, you know, at least for now, definitely, you know, make sure to mention it on the show. Um, my hashtag is, or my hashtag, jeez. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Russ Corey, at R-U-S-S-C-O-R-E-Y. There is the, the podcast itself does have a Twitter handle now, and that is um, at AMC uh, Stock Story. So you can, you know, either one you want to do it. I think I have more followers, and but you know, you can do one or the other. And I think there is, there is a hashtag AMC stock story, so you can always hashtag something that. And if I see it, I'll definitely try to, um, you know, mention it on the air. So thanks again, I really appreciate it. Um, the name of this podcast is the AMC Gamble. Well, obviously, this is the gamble we've undertaken. But that's not um, exactly what this podcast is about. So it's a pretty simple podcast. I want to tell a story <laughs> from yesterday. And um, it's funny. You're talking about being a writer, talking about loving the movies. I Oh, man. I got I got hooked. I was hook, line. I, I said that before. Hook, line, and sinker. That was me. 
I bought it. I thought this is it, you know. This is the end, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the perfect ending. It's going to be the perfect ending for the podcast, at least for this, you know, chapter of it. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I said, I couldn't believe my luck. Anyway, so here's the setup to the story. Okay. My wife's birthday was in August. I'm not very good at small gifts, and I did the best I could. I like buying, like, I know... You know, getting her, like, concert tickets or going on a trip. Those are the kind of gifts I like to give her, the bigger stuff. Now, obviously, we, you know, we have a big position in AMC. It's it's strained our, you know, finances a bit. Um, So we have to be careful what we spend on. But we also, my wife and I, have a tradition. The first day of school, we drop the kids off. We have breakfast. And then we go and we do something fun. Usually, we hey, listen, we, we go to a casino. We both like to gamble, but we don't do a lot of gambling. And we don't live that close to a casino. So it's a little bit of a drive. And uh, and that's what we want to do. Because there's other things you, find you could do. But we could actually do those with the kids at another time. You can't really take your kids to the casino. So that this was going to be our fun time. Now, having said that. My wife has put up with a lot for me over the years, and in particular to this AMC gambit. So when we were going to do this, as we're getting ready to go on this trip, I had two thoughts. Um, one thought is like, hey, we're stretched a little tight here. You know, maybe the, it's not the best idea to, you know, be taking money out of the bank so we can go gamble with it, Right. And then the other idea is, hey, uh, this money we're taking out of the bank to go gambling with, do you know how many shares of AMC we could buy with that? Hey, maybe that would be fun. Why don't we, you know, instead of going there, we're going we're gonna to invest in, invest in AMC, and that's really our big gamble. Okay, well, I value my life, and I was not going to mess with this day <laughs> um, and this experience for my wife. And I was going to let her have it, even though... Financially, eh, maybe it not had made the, the best idea. Maybe on a good day, going gambling isn't the best idea. And it's not. You know, you don't ever do it with anything you can't afford to lose. Not that anybody likes losing anything, but seriously, just, oh, you walk into a casino, please know that you you could there's a very good chance you're going to say goodbye to that money, right? So... I don't say a word, and we go when we do it. And I like gambling, too. I won't lie. That, that I've talked about this, that it lights my brain up. And I wonder sometimes if that's not really the ultimate, besides the money, that's really what you're craving, and that's what you want, is that, that activity, that brain activity that something like gambling gives you. Anyway, so we, we dropped the kids off. Now, my wife actually still had some work that she had to do. Uh, one of the, you know, one of the bad things about, you know, working from home is if you, you can get sucked back in and there was something that didn't quite get done. So she, we came back to the house and she worked on that for a little bit and it put us behind a little bit to the point where we couldn't do the breakfast. We were, we we're still going to get ready to go to do breakfast and do the gambling. And I, I looked at it. I said, listen, you know, we got to pick these kids up from school. It's not like they're going to be gone all day that, you know we have to get back and pick them up at a certain time and i don't know if we can do if we do breakfast you know you're looking at hour for breakfast and then getting on the road 
Um, so we made the decision we would just pick up, you know, a couple of biscuits from a local fast food place and head down. We would skip the breakfast for now because we could always go to breakfast even if it was with the kids. A lot easier to sneak away to breakfast or go to breakfast with the kids than it is to try and do the, the casino with the kids or have somebody watch the kids while you do it. So we just did the casino and we went. Now I have a, there isn't much of, we, we play slots, which is the worst odds in, in the casino, right? But you don't have to interact with anybody and it's simple. You put your money in, you figure out what you want to gamble and you push the button and if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. I like the simplicity of it. I like the fact that I don't have to work with another human being. I can just, you know, gamble and have my fun and that's it. But I agree, worst odds, you're much better off playing poker or something else probably with, a, you know, a human element to it. But that's, it is what it is. So I gave my wife her money. I had my money. And sometimes we'll, you know, we'll, we'll stick together. Sometimes we'll, we'll break up and we'll each go our separate way and, and do it and then meet up later. But we're trying to stick together this time for the most part. So... I have a bit of the strategy that I use. Um, so make sure you're using 20s, right? You want to make sure you have, you know, individual bills, 20s, instead of 100. Instead of 100, have, you know, five 20s. You put the 20 in the machine, right? And you you start gambling. So let's say you start with $20, right? And maybe you get on a little bit of a run. And maybe you win $10. Or maybe you, you know, but... You added $10 to that 20 So if you look at, if you printed that ticket right then and there, you would get a ticket that gives you $30 back, right? So if, if you're gambling and you get, uh, if you, you know, do decently well, and like, let's say you get up by 10 bucks, right? And sometimes it could be more if you hit a big enough jackpot or something. At that point, I, I collect that ticket. You know, I print the ticket and I put it in my pocket and I get a fresh 20 and I put the new 20 in, and I'll play that. And then if I'm, if I'm happy with the game and I lose it, okay, well, I can either go to the game or I can put another 20 in, right? But again, if I get up, if I make at least 10 bucks, if I add half the value to it, then I'll cash it out. And what this does is, if you go on, like, let's say you put that 100 in there, right? At a certain point, at least I know, if I speak for myself, you get to a point of no return where you're, you you put a hundred in, and let's say it gets down to fifty dollars. Well, you've just lost fifty dollars, and mentally you're like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. If I lose the other fifty, whatever. And a lot of most of the times you will at a casino. That's just the way casinos work, right? Um, and then the, the the money's gone. Or let's say you have that hundred dollar bill and you put it in, and and you're getting lucky, and you're up. Maybe, maybe right off the bat you make, you know, $20. So now you have $120, and you're like, all right, well, but you keep going. So pretty soon you're back to just having $100, and then you just start making your decline there. Or you get up, like you say, you get really lucky, you've made 50 bucks. now you have $150. You know, at that point, cash it out. You know, if you made some money on it, cash it out, right? And get that ticket, and then put your fresh 20 in and start over. So what happens then is it protect it protects the winnings, because if you if let's say you get up let's say if you have that twenty and you get up to thirty dollars right, and you're like well I'm just going to keep gambling with this ticket, pretty soon that ticket's gone you know unless you get lucky again 
it's it could be gone and then you're done whatever you won is gone right so that that was the strategy that we used we would play and if we got lucky we would cash out the ticket and then we put a fresh 20 in and so we did this you know for i don't know a couple hours maybe whatever however long it was and at the end of the trip you cash out the tickets and there you go that there's your money and and we'll go like we'll we'll spend every dollar in our wallet that we brought right so there's no more cash left but you know at the end of the trip we're cashing our those tickets in and then that's the money that we made so we get the thrill of gambling but hopefully put some kind of protection from just going through all of it right and the good the good news is we actually made a little money gambling which surprised me because i was pretty much ready to have to lose it so you know any if you can walk out of the casino either you know even or a little bit down that's probably a win so to come back and actually win a little bit of money for us was was nice and we had a good time doing it so um and the other this is the other funny thing i i found out when i was there like i checked the ticker before we went in but that was it i put my phone away and i for the most part, while we were in the casino, I didn't look at it, right? I looked at it maybe twice just to kind of check up on it between, you know, picking a machine, right? And both times it was like at $46 and change. It was kind of struggling a little bit from the previous high. And at the end of the our little gambling adventure, I'm walking out and I, I decided, all right, well, let me get back to my real world. And it was interesting that I didn't feel that desire that I had to watch the ticker every time. And I wonder if that was because I was getting that same feeling by actually just gambling. It was lighting up the same parts of my brain. So I never felt compelled to check the ticker. And it's interesting because I'll be doing something else. And I always feel like I have to check the ticker. I just check on it occasionally. Um, in here, that was rare. I checked on it a couple times, you know, over, I don't know if it was two hours or not, but I think it was. And I, I wonder if it was because I was getting, my brain was getting the same kind of um, emotions and feelings that I do when I just watch the ticker. And I was getting that from actually gambling. So that was, I thought that was interesting. But afterward, I'm at the car and I'm in the car turn on my phone and I get ready for the long drive back and um, and I normally have the phone out so I can watch the ticker well all of a sudden I open it up and I saw so I noticed two things first no actually I um, I noticed that it, it it from out of nowhere it spiked okay now what had happened was I guess that's when the um, AMC CEO mentioned you know doing something with GameStop. And they were in talks for it. And I guess that's what the, what the spike came from. But I looked at it with my wife, and all of a sudden, it literally looks like a rocket ship taking off on a fairly, you know, horizontal line that it hadn't been doing much all day. And then all of a sudden, bang, it just shoots up like that. So my initial thought was, aha, that week, we talked about this, the weakest hedge fund got pumped. And that's what happened. They're being forced to settle, or someone's being forced to settle. When it spikes like that, that's not just a few people, you know, hey, but they got paid and they're they're buying their four shares, right? That's a that's a big buy that spikes it like that. And and I thought it was a hedge fund that had got, you know, margin called. So I was so excited. 
oh my god, I thought this is it, and everything in my head, whatever feeling you have, just start to, you know, release, and I really thought that was it, that it would just, if it was, it was margin call, then that would, the price would go up dramatic, the price would go up dramatically, then the next entity would get margin called, and so on, and so on, until the, the squeeze was, would be on. So, but like anything, and there was a part of me, there was a part of me wanted to buy a couple of shares. I'm thinking, this is it. This is the train's leaving town. You want to get it, you know, you want to get on. This is your chance, you know. But my wife was right there. I was in the car, so I couldn't do it. And lucky for me that I couldn't because all of a sudden it stalled. I couldn't believe it. I thought, what? I thought, you're on a tear. You know, it was, this was just a few bucks, if that, right? But it wasn't a hedge fund going up. It, it was just the people reacting from the news uh, about AMC and GameStop. So the, it looks like the hedge funds attacked it, ladder attacked it, and knocked it right back down. It went right up, and it went right back down. So I'm glad I didn't necessarily you know, buy those shares at you know, 48 and change or whatever it had gotten up to, and then just to, just to immediately watch it get knocked down two bucks. Again, you're buying two shares, a couple bucks isn't that big a deal, really. Um, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I held off and I can make that decision at another time because I really did. I thought I would, I thought that's it. It's taken off. You better get on. If you want a few more seats, get them now cheap. Anyway. So the other part of this is when I saw that it was spiking, I was like, oh, wow, let me go on Twitter and see what people are saying about this. When I went on Twitter, that's when I saw, uh, Luther Hegg's, uh, tweet about, AMC, you know, being my destiny. And and I just thought, this is too good to be true. Here's here's this someone, you know, telling me, hey, you know, AMC is your destiny, and here I am watching it starting to moon. There was no reason for it that I knew of at the time. Remember, I'd, I'd been away from my desk, away from Twitter, away from any stock news. And so when I sat down in the car and I saw it going up, I assumed in my head a hedge fund had just gone up. And this was the aftermath and them returning those shares and the price just keep going up and up and up and showing real strength doing it. Well, anyway, it tapped out around 48 or so, came back to earth and uh, it was just like, meow, meow. <laughs> I was like, oh, they got me again. They got me again. But I didn't actually buy the shares, so that's good. But I did actually buy two shares yesterday. It was early. And um, I had I had like a half a share somewhere, and I thought, well, let me just buy one and a half shares and even that out to two shares. So I did pick up two shares, and maybe that's good practice. You know, you see that that pretty flat line, more or less, and then all of a sudden it spikes up like that. But then guess what? It spikes down almost as quickly. And think about that during the squeeze. If it happens, if it's a quick squeeze, you know, it's going to go rocketing up. And then it's going to come down once um, they don't have any more shares that they have to buy back and all that buying pressure disappears. So, you know, take a look at that line. How did it make you feel to watch it go up like that? And then almost as quickly as it went up to go down, you know, are you going to be able to handle What if that was just supposedly, you know, a dip during the MOAS? Are you going to be able to hang on and, you know, wait, wait for it to come back up? It's going to be tough. I, I, you know, <laughs> I freely admit that you know we sort of have our plan going into this, and and the quote from Mike Tyson, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. 
And at a certain point, reality hits, and my wife and I, you know, we're going to make the, the decisions about our exit strategy, you know, what that is. What what can we really hold on to in diamond hand? And, you know, what do we need to do to make sure we can pay a bill next week in case this is just sort of a false start, right? And this thing gets dragged out for a year. You know, are we going to be able to pay bills at this time? So anyway, um, yep, it's a gamble, the AMC gamble. I still believe it's worth it. I'm still in it. And uh, I hope this gamble works out for you. Again, if you want to tweet and support the podcast, I really appreciate it. We, you know, Every day our numbers go up and our, our rankings go up. And I think I might post those. So if you want to um, do hashtag uh, AMC Stock Story and... I'll try and post some of our ratings just so you can, you know, maybe you can see it. And as it gets higher and higher, that'd be awesome. And that just shows you the power of the AMC apes. You know, listen, I I have said that my days of going out and telling people to buy the stock are over. I'll tell people about it. I'm sharing with them my story. And obviously, I'm still in it. You know, take, take, you know, what you want from that. And not am I only just in it, I'm buying, you know, more shares. I'm increasing my my position. If you think, you know, someone could listen to this podcast and you think that would be good for AMC stock, then the more people that listen to this podcast, the higher it's ranked when people do searches, then then great, the better. So if you do post about the podcast and put a, put a link on there so people can, you know, spread it, especially, you know, hey, listen, if you've got a Twitter account and you've got a lot of followers, I'd appreciate it. Again, I don't I don't do advertising on this podcast, so and I, I don't make any money off of it. If if you wanted to help out the podcast, if you wanted to help out the AMC cause, you, you know, spread the word on the uh, about this podcast, and maybe more people can listen to it. And either give if they're already investors, maybe it might help encourage them to you know give them the support that they need because that's what it does for me it helps me it helps me with the stress of being an investor and maybe for someone else that is out there they can hear someone's story that's just like them and maybe it can give them some support if they need it so it and then also you can see the power of the amc ape how cool would it be if if like we went out and we found all the podcasts that are you know pro amc investing right and we made all those podcasts number one or high ranking so when people search for you know podcasts they see these amc podcasts and it might get them to start listening like well wait what's this about so think about that um if you can help in any with any mentions on you know twitter or anything like that i'd I'd appreciate it And like i said i'll at this point uh, you know we don't get that many so if it's there i appreciate it I'll, i'll read it on the air if you ever have anything you want, you know, a comment or question or anything, or, you know, you can email me, RussellCorey at RussellCorey.com. And my Twitter, you can reach out to me on Twitter. It's at RussCorey, R-U-S-S-C-O-R-E-Y. And then we also have it for the podcast itself at AMC Stock Story. Well, who knows? Obviously, yesterday was, was, to me, any day I'm in the black is a good day. I certainly appreciate that after being dipped down into the 30s. And you wonder about the wisdom of your moves as you see your, you know, your investment go down you know, almost by half. Um, it's nice to be in the black. 
man, I, you appreciate it more. It's funny, living in Portland today, yesterday was a you know beautiful sunny day. And pretty soon, you know, we're into September, that's when the rainy season starts. And it stays that way for months. So I'm appreciating the summer weather while I can. And it's that rainy weather that makes me appreciate it. So before when I got into this and, you know, we immediately went into the 50s and the 60s, I don't think I appreciated it before. I was getting frustrated, you know, in the 50s and 60s. Like, why isn't this moving? Why isn't it going? And then it went to the 40s. And if that wasn't good enough, it went to the 30s. And even then, I got a little taste of the 20s. So if we get back to the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, I, I'm good. We, we can wait. We can wait. We know what we have coming. We can wait. So anyway, we'll see how the rest of the week plays out. I hope it plays out well for you. And hopefully, who knows, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to be more realistic these days. But realistically, hey, the mother of all short tweezes could start any day, any hour, any minute. We don't know. Kind of like the big one when I lived in Southern California. For all those years, I knew in the back of my mind the big one could happen at any time, any moment. Now, I was lucky it never did. I did go through the 94 earthquake, and that was scary. But never never the big one, never the big San Andreas fault that would just be devastating for Southern California. So I escaped that, but I knew it could happen. And now I'm waiting for another big one, except this is a good big one. <laughs> and I watch that ticker, and when it you know starts to go up, I say, is this it? Is this it? Is this the big one? Well, I certainly thought that yesterday. <laughs> Let me tell you, I really did. I really did. And it felt good. It felt really good, at least for a little while, till it stalled and came back. And then you know how that feels. But who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll see the mother of all short squeezes soon. And maybe that will be the next episode of the AMC Stock Story.